It's the Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. And hi to our third edition for this particular podcast, which is Hi, Julia. Hi. Yay. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So, um, if you listen to our other Adjective Sphinx podcasts, uh, Julia is on all of the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Oh, I just realized that. So Julia is on Shipping Shakespeare with Liz, who is not on this podcast right now, but she will be later. <laughs> she is also on Ooh, a Butterfly with me and on Cloudminders with Jess. So welcome, Julia, the person that we know, but maybe our listeners do not. Thanks. Hi, Kelly and Jess's listeners. You seem nice. <laughs> Uh, and in true Saturday morning rewatch fashion, I will sing the theme song, yes. but I'm gonna sing the end theme song <laughs> because that one has lyrics. It doesn't like so. The opener is just music. That's just dun 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 dun, and it like it has a song, but it's fine. But the ending one, epic, <laughs> definitely. It's where the real magic lies, <laughs> and it's okay. I'm gonna roll back from the mic so I can sing it properly. In Dexter's laboratory lives the smartest boy you've ever seen. But Dee Dee blows his experiments to smithereens. There's gloom and doom and things go boom on Dexter's lab. Yay. Okay, so I sang it. That was so really that was, that was beautiful. <laughs> My the soul. more of these Kelly sings, the happier I am. Every time I go back and listen to them when I'm editing, I'm just like, this was so good. <laughs> so yeah, that pretty much provides a very short summary, but I can provide the longer summary if you would like, and then we can jump in. Please. So, Dexter's Laboratory was created by Tartakovsky for Cartoon Network. It initially ran for 52 episodes from 1996 to 1998. The series was supposed to end when Tartakovsky went to work on Samurai Jack in 1999, but Cartoon Network revived it from 2001 to 2003 with 26 more episodes for a total of four seasons and 78 episodes. It's a highly episodic show where most of the episodes have three segments of like five minutes each. The show follows the boy genius Dexter, who has a secret lab and is constantly inventing things, but his older sister Dee Dee is constantly interfering with his work and destroying his creations. Most of the plots revolve around their sibling interactions, but other characters include their parents, Dexter's rival Mandark, and Dee Dee's and Dexter's friends. Additionally, episodes often contain recurring segments such as Dial M for Monkey, which follows the adventures of a super monkey, and The Justice Friends, which is a sort of slice of life parody of the Justice League and Super Friends. Dexter's Lab is one of Cartoon Network's most successful original cartoons. It's won several awards and was nominated for a lot more. And it helped launch the careers of several animators, including Craig McCracken, who made the Powerpuff Girls, and Seth MacFarlane, who made Family Guy. Whoa, I didn't realize that was his origin story. I did not either. We'll forgive it for that. Yeah. (laughs) So he (laughs) was working for Hanna-Barbera, doing like a lot of different work on different shows, and then he got pulled into Dexter's Lab and pretty much launched from there, and I I didn't know that. Wow. You learned something, I guess. Indeed. I always learn things doing this. <laughs> so, I guess, how do y'all feel about Dexter's Lab? Well, 
Julia, I think, is the new addition to this podcast. You should go first. Just putting me right on the spot there. Okay. Everybody knows how we feel. Or I can go first. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm, it's okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's still hilarious. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, agreed. Deeply amusing and weird. Like, I think <laughs> mm-hmm. weirder than I realized as a child, but that is often true, yes. I think. Yeah, that's been true a lot. There's just things you get hung up on as an adult. You're like, this is strange. Yes. That's a recurring theme for you guys. And I think the other thing I'll say is, like, because it's episodic the way that it is, and because the episodes are, like, divided up the way they are, and I think I remember this about Billy and Mandy, too, they can just leave things in, like, a weird fucking place. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. And not resolve it. And that's fine because mm-hmm. you just like move on to the next thing. So, like, the world can end or, you know, Dexter can get eaten by a blob monster. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. And it's fine because, like, in a minute, he's going to be doing something totally different. Which is literally the first episode. Is he, <laughs> like, is eaten by a blob and sends Dee Dee back in time to try and save himself. And that's one of the things that I didn't remember. Dexter's really sexist. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I did remember that. Well, I think that that falls under the larger category of, like, Dexter takes himself very seriously, but the show does not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Not e- <laughs> well, that's where a lot of the humor comes from, right? Is yeah. this, this little kid mm-hmm. who has this, like, inflated sense of himself and has this weird, I don't know what it's supposed to be, German or Transylvanian accent that right? none of his family shares? At all. Apparently, it's just an effect. There's a bit on the wiki page that talks about it, and it's just like an affected accent that doesn't belong to anywhere, but since he thinks of himself as a serious scientist, he knows he has to have an accent. Oh my god. Right, like it's his Dr. Frankenstein accent. Dee Dee! Like, you're like, what are you doing? I love it. And it's it's one of those things that I know we all did as a kid was imitate Dexter's accent. Yeah. You have to say laboratory. Laboratory! Yeah, a laboratory! <laughs> The other thing that I did a lot was imitate Mandark's laugh. That was literally my favorite. Uh, uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime I was annoying someone, I would legitimately just be like, ha 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 it was easily imitatable. Really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I was thinking while I was rewatching it that a lot of this, the humor is very Looney Tunes style. Mm. Mm. Things are often like going on unnoticed right behind Dexter. There's a lot of slapstick comedy uh, and things like busting through walls and defying gravity. And like Dexter and Dee Dee have a really like Coyote Roadrunner sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So that was something I hadn't thought about. <laughs> yeah. I will say, too, that knowing that the creator of Dexter's Lab went on to create Samurai Jack, there's one weird little parallel that I know we talked about with Samurai Jack. Dexter lingers in very weird places. Like, there was this, there was an episode I was watching where uh, Mandark tries to infiltrate Dexter's house by kidnapping his mom and becoming his mom. <laughs> and, yeah... <laughs> It's ridiculous. And the plot of the episode is essentially that Mandark is so busy being a mom, he cannot actually get into Dexter's lab, which I thought was amazing. That is amazing. But it's like going, it goes from point to point to point really fast until Momdark makes, which is what he calls himself. He of course. He calls himself Momdark. He makes dinner, which is sandwiches, because he's a boy that doesn't know how to cook. And then it just lingers on every member of the family chewing oh, you're right. for a weird second. 
it does the show <laughs> does do things like that a lot mm-hmm. you're just like linger on like something in dexter's lab like a piece of equipment doing something or waiting for something to fall very slowly yeah or a facial expression changing really slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and it's incredibly funny but also really weird in the constant context of like this stupid slapstick very fast moving kid show but knowing that he went on to make samurai jack i'm like oh this was just your proving ground for that whole thing (laughs) warm up yeah i thought there were other kind of trademarks of tarnikovsky as well he's got monsters who want unexpected things like in the first Mm -hmm. episode meg manimus which is a lava (laughs) monster that i love all he wants is for everyone to be quiet so he can sleep like that's it he doesn't so relatable yeah right i want everyone to be quiet so i can sleep exactly i watched that and literally was like same (laughs) and also the endless references to other major works of science fiction (laughs) i was gonna say actually i think one thing that does set it apart from the fast-paced slapstick cartoons of the air are those references and there are a Mm -hmm. lot of them yeah oh yeah oh my gosh the star trek parody is like my favorite thing (laughs) yes Oh, it's so good. Also, I watched a, a quick bit of an episode where uh, Dexter is graded incorrectly on an aptitude test, <laughs> and he's graded as average, and he goes to his Einstein poster and just starts crying and like, oh, dear Einstein, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, that's not even an obscure reference, but the fact that this is in here, in his anguish, he talks to his Einstein poster. Like, this is a weird little kid moment, and I love it. Yeah. He does that in the um, the episode where Man Dark first shows up, too. Like, he's... <laughs> <laughs> so sad that he's not the smartest kid anymore. He's like, oh, Einstein, my idol, I have failed you. <laughs> okay, Dexter, calm down. I think you're like seven. It's If that, he might be. <laughs> he's very small. I'm so confused, like, how old he is because he's so small. Yeah. He's, I don't yeah. even know that they, I don't think they give an age for him, but he's really small. Mm-mm. And Dee Dee's still in elementary school, too, so he can't be very old at all. Yeah. No, and I mean, Mandark is much taller than he is, so I think he's also just supposed to be small for his age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just this tiny. Did you guys see the dodgeball episode? No. No, but I vaguely remember that one. What happens in it? Well, he has to go to gym. Usually he has a gym note and he gets excused. Yeah. But this time there's a substitute who refuses to accept the note. Uh, and it was just like, I had like flashbacks to the 90s when you could still play in dodgeball. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like this horror show where like Dexter's like standing on the court waiting to be slaughtered and all the kids around him are being slaughtered. And one of the kids like comes up to him like, run Dexter, save me. <laughs> just like, and then he gets hit by the ball and like slides off of Dexter. <laughs> But Dexter is, like, the most pathetic, unathletic person ever. Uh, And he just spends the whole week getting slaughtered before he builds himself this giant, like, exoskeleton robot. (laughs) Yes. Isn't it piloted like the exoskeleton in Aliens? Yeah, a lot like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they just, they have a lot of fun. They make a ton of references. I mean, there's an episode where they make a giant Abraham Lincoln and a giant George Washington yes. battle each other. I did watch that one. That one's I hilarious. I didn't rewatch it, but I remember it very clearly. Vividly. Mm-hmm. Literally just watched that one. <laughs> also, there's this moment where when Washington shows up with Mandark and Dee Dee just bursts in out of nowhere while his lab is getting destroyed and goes, Penny for your thoughts. 
And he grabs the penny and yells, I'm thinking Link. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? The puns are really endless as well. It's so, it's so dumb. Like, I also watched another episode where Dee Dee started taking karate lessons. Oh, I did. I watched that one. Yeah. Yes. And literally all she does is leap out at Dexter yelling, ah, shiitake, and then flips him <laughs> into walls. <laughs> It's absurd. It's so funny. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I really love their sibling relationship. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's it really it's very true. <laughs> Dee Dee's like constantly tormenting him, but if something is really wrong, they actually try to save each other. Mm-hmm. Which you get right off the bat because the first episode, Dexter sends Dee Dee back in time to save him, mm-hmm. and she tries really hard to do that, but he doesn't listen to her. No. Yeah, he's an asshole about it. I I love that too because she's like, I'm trying to save you, and eventually he realizes that she's telling the truth, but at that point she's fed up with him which again just seemed very true yeah oh yeah and she's like i guess you'll get eaten by a monster that's fine yeah it's not my fault (laughs) i think the thing that i enjoyed the most when i was watching it when i was younger was the slow dawning realization that Dee is not actually dumb yes yes She's just fucking mm-hmm. with Dexter all the time. Just all the time. Constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah. the number of times that she has to, like, push a button or she's not supposed to push a button. Yes. It's like, you know what you're about. She I sure see knows. you. <laughs> this time I realized just, like, how much I love Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really did love her. She's the perfect representation, too, of in the show, Dexter's sexism always fucks him over. Oh, yeah. Like, every time he looks at Dee Dee and is like, you stupid woman, you don't know what to do. She was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna fuck your shit up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, his elitism in general doesn't serve him very well. And, I mean, he's just not very good at much. I was thinking today that he's kind of the, like, extreme version of that, like, you know, eccentric genius boy. Mm -hmm. Except that none of that works in his favor. (laughs) No. Not all of his inventions go wrong, and not just because his sister's fucking with them, but just for reasons like you shouldn't be doing this mad science, right? Yeah, it's just bad ideas. He's just too small. <laughs> and he's also just not functional as a person otherwise, which I think they're making that point. Yes. Also, no one bends over backwards. Like, his parents are not like, oh, Dexter is our little genius. He has to have breakfast in his bed or anything. No, he still has to, like, be a normal kid and take the bus and, like, all that kind of stuff. And it's not to say, like, some children in real life don't have needs that one that should be accommodated. It's just in terms of the boy genius trope, usually there is a parent thing. oh, well, he's just special. Like, we can't do that. Or like, you know, making excuses for him. But no one does that in Dexter. His parents don't even seem to realize that he's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> no, they have no idea. His mom's actually really mean to him a lot of the time, which I found <laughs> hilarious. And she makes him be nice to Dee Dee. So she just treats him like you would treat any child that's being a dick to his sister. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I was also going to say that I found it interesting because I watched the first episode and the last episode back to back. And in the very beginning episodes, they focus really hard on his science. Like that is always like the, the crux of the episode. Either the science has gone wrong or he needs to do a piece of science or something. Whereas the last episode... It opens, like, the first one opens with him just on the rug playing with toy cars and having a dinosaur destroy, like, a Lego city. (laughs) And it's neat that it's, like, as the show continues more and more, it's driven by, like, kid urges in a way. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. Something to be said for letting children be children, even especially when they're gifted. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
I think that there's a lot of little suggestions throughout the show that, like, a lot of the things between Dexter and Dee Dee are actually maybe... There are things that would be in your imagination if you were not a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, the third segment of the first episode was maternal combat. Yes! (laughs) Where their mom is sick, so she can't do the normal mom things. Yes. So they're supposed to clean and cook instead for her. But of course, Dexter gets fed up with that very quickly and builds himself a mom robot. Mom droid. But Dee Dee steals the remote. <laughs> so he builds a second one and then they're sitting there having their robots fight each other. And you're like, yeah, this is something that would happen metaphorically <laughs> for real children. <laughs> also, the dad coming in on that episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> where they're just all standing in a line. And he's like, hi, honey. Hi, Dee Dee. Hi, Dexter. Hi, honey. Goes up the stairs. Oh, hi, honey. Like, notices nothing. It literally reminds me of how my siblings and I would fight. And then my dad would just hear a bang and be like, what are y'all doing up there? And we'd be like, nothing. And as long as two voices, like, answered, and there were three of us, but if two voices answered, he'd be like, okay. Yeah. Right. Even though in that scene, like, the house is destroyed. The couch is on the front lawn. The only thing he says when he walks by it is, hmm, gotta get that couch reupholstered. <laughs> There's so many delightful, stupid humor moments in this show just like that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I just really continued to enjoy them. It didn't matter mm-hmm. if they were dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's in the Mom Dark episode, Mandark puts pillows in his butt to simulate <laughs> Dexter's mom's butt. And the dad walks up and pats his butt and goes, Ooh, honey, started working out again, have we? <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> Yeah. I love how weird and awkward his parents are. <laughs> so weird. The dad especially, and not very with it. No. Mm-hmm. And his mom is like a total germaphobe who can go pretty crazy pretty fast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's that episode where she takes her gloves yes. off, isn't it? It's so serious, man. Ugh. <laughs> oh, what a fucking classic. <laughs> also, don't they show like the parents dating at one point and she doesn't want to touch him or dance with him and he's the one that gets her rubber gloves? I think so. That might be in that episode. Yeah, it's just when I was like, oh, look at that. Showing his parents as real people is kind of sweet, but also still stupid. I think they have to like win a dance competition or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Jess, earlier you asked, did we watch? And you never actually finished that question. Did you guys watch the D&D episode? It's called D and DD. Yes, I did. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. I remembered that one and I really wanted to see it again, so I made sure that I watched it. That was, well, we were talking about Dee Dee, and what I love about that episode is she just, like, walks up and is like, what are you guys doing while well, Dexter and his three other friends are playing? And Dexter has just been yelled at by his friends for being a terrible dungeon master because all he tries to do is murder <laughs> them. <laughs> and he's cheating, and they know he's cheating. <laughs> Uh, so Dee Dee walks up and wants to play. Dexter's like, absolutely not. But his friends say yes and his mom says yes. So he has to let her play. And then she becomes the game master as well. And suddenly this girl who doesn't know anything about D&D is in charge of the game. <laughs> And it is just hysterical. It's delightful. Yeah. She makes a dragon pop out, but then that dragon is a pinata full of candy. And in one of the pixie sticks (laughs) is an actual pixie who takes them, like, to the fairy queen. And I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like, she doesn't know anything about the game. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Someone should write a campaign around her her campaign. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I would play it. (laughs) 
they have so much fun. I mean, that's part of the point of the episode, too. It's just like, there's not just one way to do this. And that seems mm-hmm. to be the point a lot of the time with Dee Dee, because she's fairly creative. Yeah. Because there's another, he's like supposed to read her a story or something in another episode because she's sick. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was it called? It had such a good title. Oh, yeah. Dee Dee Locks and the Nest Monster. <laughs> That's good. So it's like this like enfolding epic. It's really great. <laughs> but that it's just kind of classically Dee Dee. Just be like, I'm gonna take all these elements and put them together and it's gonna be insane, but also <laughs> hilarious and fun. Yeah, I I think you're right that Dee Dee really does exist to show like Dexter isn't as smart as he thinks he is and he's not always right. Like you said, there's more than one way to approach the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm going to say something terrible, and I know both of you will probably agree slash yell about this, but <laughs> I feel like rewatching this show, it's the perfect argument for why the sciences need the humanities. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just knew we were going to agree with that. <laughs> I know. Like, I know the audience I'm talking to, but it really is. Like you said, there's there's more than one way to solve a problem, and Dee Dee's usually there to be like, look, you doofus, like, you could do this. And I love that, too. Also, we have now made it this whole episode so far without going, Omelette du fromage. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to get it in there. Thanks. <laughs> that was, that was good. Yes. Of course, the classic French episode. <laughs> Is that the one where he likes a girl? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. There's a couple episodes where he likes girls and does something stupid. <laughs> a lot of crushes, actually. For Dexter, mm-hmm. as as much as he is a, a misogynist, as you pointed out. <laughs> Still likes girls. Also, I have to say, like, so one of my current favorite cartoons is Steven Universe, and I'm always impressed with what they manage to do in, like, a 15-minute format, mm. because that show is two episodes and a half hour, and Dexter does the same thing, but with even less time. Yeah. Their episodes are, what, maybe 10 minutes tops? I mean, they would be 10 on a 30-minute show, but, like, the actual episodes, like, segments are, like, five to seven minutes long. They're fast, yeah. yeah. It's very impressive how quickly they move, the lore that they build, and how quick they get you to buy in on whatever the premise of the episode is. Yes, I think that's true. Even, I think... I don't know if you guys want to talk about the other segments at all, but even with mm-hmm. Dial in for Monkey and Justice Friends, it's the same way. Yeah. I, I love Justice Friends. <laughs> Yo, okay. Same, same, same. Shocking. <laughs> I remember watching Justice Friends segments when I was younger and just dying on the couch. Like, <laughs> they're so ridiculous. They're so good. And they're such obvious parodies of comic book heroes. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy who's like the Thor stand-in is named Val Hallen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Oh, they're so good and so stupid. And like superhero romance, roommates is just one of those tropes. Like, Mm. I love that they have episodes about washing the dishes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, the one, the one I went out of my way to watch was the one where Major Glory, is that his name? Yes. Major Glory, who's the Captain America Superman type, (laughs) is allergic to cats. (laughs) (laughs) I'd forgotten about that. Yes. Val Halen brings home White Tiger, who is another superhero who is also a cat. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> and they spend the whole night trying to get the cat out of the apartment, but they can't get you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
That's so good. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that one is called Can't Nap, apparently. Can't Nap, yes. <laughs> That's perfect. I will say Justice Friends to me is way better than Dial M for Monkey because mm. Dial M for Monkey goes one of two ways. It's like superhero solves a problem differently because he is a monkey mm-hmm. or... This shit just got weird. Like, there was one where it was monkey, like, the superhero monkey, and Mandark has a duck that's evil. (laughs) And so the duck shows up to fight the monkey, and in the middle of the fight, the duck lays an egg. And then they both untransform, and I shit you not, start making out on top of the egg, as if... The idea that the duck has laid an egg means that they are now in love and co-parenting. Wow. This soon-to-be weird. Yeah, and they both the episode ends with them sitting curled up on this egg, like literally wrapped up together with little hearts coming out. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? That's the thing about like five-minute segments is sometimes they're really weird. Yeah. <laughs> often. Often they're yes. really weird. And I think when you're a kid, you just kind of go like, eh. Okay. And you like you yeah. go on with your day. Yes. But as an adult, you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> why is this happening? Yeah. Why is this happening? Kids have the ability, and this is why when adults like, what about the children? It's like, bitch, they're fine because kids have something weird, and they're going, huh? What's for lunch? Like they just they're ready to move on. Whereas adults are like, no, 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 we gotta go back to the duck and the monkey though. <laughs> like, but what is this inner species yes. like? Wait, I thought that you seem to assign the duck a male status, but now it's not. How did it lay the egg? What is going on? It just is. And the kid's like, no, but they're in love now because they had a baby. Yeah. The kid's just like, "Mm -hmm." yeah, they're family now. It's fine. Best you would just be like, yeah, weird. Don't care more so. Yeah. Something else to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like, oh, that was five minutes. What's the next segment? You know, like. Yeah. Oof. I'll admit I had totally forgotten about Dial M for Monkey and I don't think it was ever like a particular favorite. Like I, I'm pretty sure that's probably when I like would get up to get a snack or something. Mm, fair. I didn't mind. Well, some of them are better than others. Like Simeon was pretty good because Monkey gets called because the rest of the people that he works with, they're like, ships have been destroyed and there's this big invading army and he goes over and discovers that it's the first chimp who was sent into space went through this crazy transformation and became like a super genius humanoid chimp who can talk. Nice. And he had a famous guest actor voice, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, it was like this weird kind of 2001 Space Odyssey smash up <laughs> with some other sci-fi stuff. And I was like, holy crap. Of course you like that. It was fun. But I mean, it's still weird though because like it hinges on Monkey like having a relationship with Agent Honeydew, who's like one of the other human characters. Because the chimp is like, no one's ever really shown you any true love and kindness. And then he like, Monkey has this flashback to Agent Honeydew and all the time they spent together and it's clearly romantic. Like they had a picnic and everything. <laughs> so weird. And then Monkey, like, hands the chimp a banana, and then, like, he has this awakening about what life can be like. Jesus. (laughs) Good banana, I guess. Wow. (laughs) It was just really fascinating. That's so ridiculous. So, like, they can be good, but my other thing is, too, is 
So much of Dexter's Laboratory, for me and in my viewing, was on when Powerpuff Girls was on. And I'm sorry, Dial M for Monkey is nothing when Mojo Jojo exists. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's sort of a lead up to Mojo Jojo in a lot of ways. Exactly. <laughs> like, clearly, Tarnakowski <laughs> and Craig McCracken had a thing about monkeys. Clearly. (laughs) Lots of kids shows do, which I'm very confused about. Yeah, monkeys. Okay, so we haven't noted this on this podcast yet, but monkey is played by Frank Welker, who is the same guy who plays Nibbler in Pirates of Dark Water. Which is what? Okay, is he like the monkey guy? I want to know who played Abu in Aladdin. Was it also him? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm going to look it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope it's him, and that's just his whole deal. It's like, yep, I get residual money from being monkeys in kids' cartoons. (laughs) I mean, it's a life. I mean, Frank Walker, as we previously discussed, plays, like, everyone. Yeah. Also, Tim Curry in cartoons. Oh, my God. He's another one. one, But that's a bit of a surprise, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, Abu is played by Frank Walker. (laughs) Ah! What? He is the the only monkey. I'm sorry, I just screamed. What the fuck? One monkey to roll them all. There is one monkey in your childhood. (laughs) Can you just imagine him in a recording booth being like, Liam Neesoning it up, just like, I have a specific set of skills. (laughs) And then he just lets a monkey sound out. (laughs) Good god. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, that's a thing. He's done 800 different roles, by the way. Holy shit. He's also Megatron and many other bad guys and, like, a shit ton of other characters. So, Frank Walker can do more than monkeys, but apparently he's the only one who can do monkeys. Fred on Scooby-Doo, apparently. But was he Megatron during Beast Wars? No. That's a different guy. Okay, just making sure, because I was about to be like... (laughs) (laughs) Can I say on this note, though, that I kind of hate monkeys? I do, too. Same, though. I actually find them very, like, mean-looking. I'm very unsettled by monkeys. Yeah, and knowing that they, like, attack their own kind and are actually very vicious creatures, I've never been able to find them cute. And to be fair, I like a lot of vicious creatures. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, I love sharks. hate monkeys. Yeah, wolverines are cool. I like the vicious creatures who don't look like weird furry baby creatures with teeth. That's small, hairy old men. Yeah. (laughs) When you look at monkeys, you really do stare into, like, the DNA abyss of yourself. And when people look at them, they're like, oh, look at those cute babies. I'm like, like, "Mm -mm. why? No, cats are way cuter. Yeah. Heck, baby giraffes. Yeah. Baby hippos. Most babies. Baby elephants. Adult red pandas. Many baby mammals, really. Narwhals. Like, there's, you know, Fruit fucking bats. sea slaps. Now we're Shit, just naming we're... animals that we like. I know. I love animals, though. Uh, monkeys are oh, creepy. There is an episode of Dexter's Lab where Dee Dee goes to the zoo and tries to figure out why ostriches are ugly. Yes! Which is also a great episode because she screams the whole way to the zoo, and that's one of the ones where I'm like, well... That's essentially me in aquarium, so, like, I can't be mad at this. (laughs) It was very relatable, and then she switched places with an ostrich? Yes. Yes, she did. Also, I love her as, like, a tall ballerina falling in love with an ostrich, because she literally described it was like, look at those beautiful legs and those beautiful feathers and that long neck, and oh no, what did they do to your face? (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's convinced that they were mistreating the ostrich, and Dexter, like, literally looks up to go, 
no, Didi, it's supposed to look like that. And then when he realizes she isn't listening, he just sits down with popcorn to watch what happens. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Oh, so good. Okay. I think that's a lot about Dexter. Um, I think so. Let's see if I have anything else. Oh, wait. No, I lied. There's one more thing I have to say and then I'm done. Have that. I really don't like when they do scenes with Dexter where he's welding something or building something and they make him take his shirt off and he's oddly square yeah, and ripped. I, the only <laughs> one I saw where they did that was the first one. Does it happen again? Oh, it happens multiple okay. times. Like I have distinct memories of like anytime he's smelting anything, anytime they want to do kind of like a blacksmith <laughs> reference or he's like building a new giant robot. It's like it's that. It's really weird, but he's this tiny little guy. He's so small. <laughs> So yeah. small. Oh, you do see in his underwear and other scenes. <laughs> also strange. Yeah, a lot. And then he's really flabby, which is like, okay, I don't know if I need to see this much of Dexter, but okay. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things they do in kids' cartoons where they just, like, take the weirdness and just, like, full throttle mm-hmm. it. They're like, oh, does this make you uncomfortable? Let's do it more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And routinely, when he is without a shirt or pants, he still has his weird little boots. Yes. <laughs> I love his boots. I mean, they're good boots, but, like, what? They're so cute. (laughs) Oh, the only other... I have two notes. There's little notes. The first one is that Aku's voice actor, Mako, plays the title Mm -hmm. narrator. He's the one who does the talking at the end. Oh, that makes sense. I heard his voice, and I was like, if that's not Aku, I'll be damned. (laughs) (laughs) It always felt familiar and comforting to me, and now I know why. My other little note is that they have a laugh track in Justice Friends. Yes. <laughs> it just like ups the ridiculousness of what they're doing. <laughs> I It's the perfect implication that Justice Friends is a show that Dexter is watching while he's not building things. I think that that might be true because I think he has toys. Uh-huh. I think you're right. Mm-hmm, he does. At least it's sort of semi-true. We're watching it and so is Dexter. <laughs> Yes, and I mean, I can't blame him. It's wonderful. And it's also like a good kids show. Like, when The Simpsons watch Itchy and Scratchy, I'm like, man, your kids are not going to be well-adjusted. But, like, Dexter <laughs> watching the Justice Friends is like, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Yes. It works out. <laughs> yeah, or, like, uh, Terrence and Philip on South Park. You're like, yeah, it's yeah. not surprising you're all assholes. Mm-hmm. It is interesting <laughs> because, yeah, all of the animated shows that I can think of have, like, the kids in that show watch another show on TV, and I feel like it says a lot about how those mm-hmm. people feel about cartoons and what they make their in-show cartoon do. Yeah. Good point. This one's about the superheroes. Like, they obviously love <laughs> the whole history of cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and comic books and all of that stuff, because they've just, like, reincorporated it in another form. Plus, they probably all were like, how cool would it be to do a Justice League show? Well, we can't do that, so let's do that. Let's, like, blatantly rip them off in a way that's great. (laughs) I mean, parody, man. You get get to do whatever you want. Also, it's perfect. Like, I can imagine actual Captain America being like, no, I'm allergic to this cat. And Hulk being like, no, but can cats stay? Mm -hmm. You know? And Thor being like, no, white tiger is my friend. Ooh, you are furry. Like, that's (laughs) (laughs) You could see that happening. I love it. Yeah, well, and it fulfills a need, right? Like, on a certain level, we want, like, to see superheroes being domestic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, like, many of our favorite parts of all of the Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, yes. yeah. 
<laughs> and also why when we talk about Justice League Unlimited eventually on the show, I will be screaming because there's so many slice of life moments in that show that just like, oh, so choice, like just pure chef kiss, like mwah, perfect. <laughs> you guys have like, what, two, three hours set aside for that? Because it's going to take that long. It's going to take a lot, but we're going to have to do that one after we do... uh Batman. Batman the Animated Series, yeah. Which, by the way, that's getting remastered soon. <gasps> what? Yeah, I'm excited. I saw a gif about it, and I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I made that gasp, but without you guys. <laughs> Everyone agrees that is the best cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's going to look real good, and that's a good reason for us to be like, buy it. probably just start watching that in my free time, because there's a lot of it. Yeah, I love it. It's a good, good show. But anyway, we're talking about Dexter. Sorry, R, which, which is great. We also Fun. love Dexter. So I think, do you want to do what's been done and then we can read it? Unless, Julia, did you have yes. any final notes? I do need to acknowledge that in the Star Trek parody on the show, they call Klingons hang-ons. <laughs> oh and that will haunt me till my dying day. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was as a big Star Trek nerd was always kind of mad about the name of Klingons and I was like why and he explained to me and I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I love that they just took it a step further that's just amazing I didn't see that episode I'm sad now what is it called oh I forgot but they go to a convention except it's oh. not the right convention so they're in their Star Trek gear and it's like a toy convention I or something I remember that um, they make a big deal of toys being, you know, still in box. Yes. Yes. They have mm-hmm. a Powerpuff Girls episode like that, too. Yeah, I think there's one where they make the girls into toys. Like, they can't get out of the boxes. Yeah, they meet a guy who's, like, so obsessed with keeping all all of the merchandise that's ever been created in its, like, perfect form. And he's so obsessed that mm-hmm. he boxes them up, too. Yeah, so yep. it's just, like, little jabs at, like, excessive nerd culture. And I would say the same thing, actually, about the D&D episode, too. It's, like, it's a conversation we seem to yes. keep having. You're taking yourselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah, taking <laughs> yourselves too seriously and being a gatekeeper. So yep. it's nice to have those things um, mocked without, like, mocking the actual, like, love of the weird yeah, thing. I think that they managed to do it in a really nice way and sort of in an unexpected way because it's not like anybody was demanding this of them. Like, they just did it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that episode is called Star Check, which is the name of the parody show. Unconventional. <laughs> and they go to a Darby doll convention oh, by accident. Yes. Because it's like Dee Dee's Barbies or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, if memory serves. Was Dexter Kirk or was he Spock? I feel like he was Kirk. He was Kirk, pretty sure. Thought so. And his other friend was Spock, and then they had a McCoy. Yes, pretty sure. That's what I thought. Yeah, because Dexter's <laughs> other friends are also nerds, and it's really wonderful. They're adorable. Yes. He's clearly just king nerd among them, but they are like, who crowned him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They're like, we will overthrow you. You're not our ruler. They're pretty delightful. I feel like this is one of those things that laid the foundation for the rise of nerd culture because we all got to watch that and Mm -hmm. be like, yes, I can be like this. (laughs) I am like this. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what's been done? Dexter, as I noted at the beginning, is one of Cartoon Network's most successful original cartoons. 
So it has quite a bit of other stuff. DC Comics has printed four volumes of comics featuring Dexter's Lab, along with other Cartoon Network programming. In 2013, IDW also issued their first Cartoon Network comic, which featured Dexter. Hmm. Ego Trip was a TV movie released in 2000 that was intended as a series finale, but then Cartoon Network revived it. Dexter shows up on a lot of Cartoon Network specials, like holiday features and crossovers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys checked your Twitter, but they might be giants has a song called dd and dexter which has a music video and it's amazing no i didn't see that <laughs> i did yeah i i do concur <laughs> we're gonna have to put that in the show notes and i'm gonna have to watch it as soon as we're done because i missed that it's strange but it really suits everything about they might be giants and the show <laughs> it's beautiful and fitting perfect there are apparently two whole music albums for this show including one that's called dexter's wow. lab the hip-hop experiment which there are three <laughs> hip hop videos, and I did not have time to watch those. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Apparently, there was a quote on the wiki page that was like, Coolio watches a lot of cartoons, and he was perfectly happy to do a song. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just so pure. I need to find these. I know. He's like, I have a kid, so I actually watch like more cartoons than movies, so. <laughs> This is that so is real. fucking amazing. I need these immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what their quality is, but I'm sure it's amazing. I vaguely recall like like bumps, you know, like the in-between cartoons yeah. where they show a little something like with like a hip-hop Dexter. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to find these immediately. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, of course, there are toys, of course. And then there have been Naturally. six video games. And I'm really thinking of developing a scale for judging the success of uh, media based on the number of video games spawned from it. <laughs> That'd be fair. Because I'm really noticing some correlation here. Also, there was a 14-book set published by Scholastic and a few other books huh. published by Golden Books. So branched out a little bit here. I think maybe because it was more specifically a children's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if it's also because he was a scientist. So then you have a little bit of like, oh, we can use Dexter to teach a little bit. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't do actual mm-hmm. science. He does magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad science. All the stuff he does is like, how do you have a lab under your house and you're seven? Like, there's so many things that are wrong. That but- NASA is watching, apparently. Yeah. I could see the idea, though, because it's Dexter, you could have, like, he mixed an acid and a base together. What happened? You know? Yeah, I'm sure that that's probably a a running theme is, like, actual science. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so that pretty much sums up what has been done. Dexter is a long way from gone. He's, like I said, still occurs on Cartoon Network features. That's fun. If they rebooted it, I wouldn't be mad. No. Yeah, that would that would be fine. Yeah. It would just have to keep the same spirit. Mm-hmm. I would also love to know if, like, somebody ever did, like, Dexter as a grown-up and he has a girl genius of his own, like, a la Girl Meets World, you know? <laughs> that would be great. I would honestly watch that show. Yeah, definitely. That might be better than a reboot. That'd be great. Now I want somebody to make that show. Damn it. They might. <laughs> they might. <laughs> All right. Ratings? I give Dexter 10 beakers out of 10. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I will give him 10 DDs. Ah, nice. Nice, <laughs> nice. I'm be happy for Dexter, but it's happy for me. <laughs> um, 10 microscopes. Yay. Oh, that's good. 
I think all of that should amount to at least five giant robots, of which I think there are many <laughs> in the show. So many is wonderful. At least yeah. one of which has to do ballet. Yeah. Yes, of course. But like, if you liked Dexter as a kid, you will probably still like it as an adult. It's still really fun. It's really nice. And like, in what we watched, a stunning turn of events for us here at Saturday Morning Rewatch. Nothing too problematic. No, I was just like, <laughs> happy. <laughs> Yeah. It was just nice. Yeah. It's just fun. Like, yeah, Dexter's a little sexist, but that gets him in trouble all the time. And yes, there's hyper violence, but it's not like in a way that anyone is ever in trouble or dying. Like, it's actually pretty, pretty chill. It's not as diverse, but I mean, the the backgrounds are kind of diverse. Like, there's there's a lot of different people in the background, which is nice. That's true. His friends are different. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, it's pretty watchable. I I mean, it's easy to leave on in the background too, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I did. Um, but then you'll like pay attention and weird shit will be going on on the screen. So yeah. Yeah, it took me like an episode to get into it, and then I just sort of relaxed into Dexter's lab and was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I could watch as much <laughs> of this show as I wanted. <laughs> yeah. It's also, like, not like He-Man, where you watch it and you're like, am I high? And you're turning <laughs> to your friends, like, are we are we actually high right now? Like, <laughs> take something without knowing it. Exactly. But conversely, it's not like She-Ra or Captain Planet, where you're like, this should be better than it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody noted, somebody was quoted a thing, like, this show was sort of a beginning of cartoons that you could enjoy both as a child and as an adult and I think that's totally fair mm-hmm. 100% yeah that that makes sense to me I think too it, it's that like right level of 90s weird yeah yeah it's 1996 we are peak 90s you're like right in the <laughs> middle because you're like you're definitely you're done with 80s weird which he-man mm-hmm. right um yeah. but you're not to like late 90s weird where it starts getting dark and like a little bit grotesque you're like mm-hmm. right in that sweet spot where you're just like this is weird in a way that my brain remembers and is comfortable with and enjoys yeah yeah yep all right i think on that note it's time to go down the stairs and past the bolts of doors into Dexter's laboratory if you want, but we should end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was very... <laughs> yeah. That was lovely. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Julia, for joining us for Dexter's lab. Yeah, thanks, Julia. Thanks again for having me. It was super fun. Yay! And, yeah, go watch Dexter's lab, or just check out Julia on all our other podcasts. <laughs> we'll see you next month or... Sometime in the future. (laughs) See you soon. Next time. time. That's ambiguous. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see you next time. This show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess, as part of the Adjective Sphinx Network. The music we use is sung by Kelly and can only be found here. You can find links for more info in the show notes. Find us and our sibling shows on Twitter at Adjective Sphinx or email us at adjectivesphinx at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening.